Springfield, Missouri was most likely named after Springfield, Massachusetts by migrants from the area. Live to a hard drive from the 16th floor Hammond's Tower, you're listening to Spring Food Mo, America's number one podcast about restaurants in Springfield, Missouri. I am Andy Carr. And I'm Dan. <laughs> Dan who? Dan Owl. <laughs> and today we're here to talk about Lindbergh's Tavern. From whence we just came. Oh, goodness. Lindbergh's Tavern opened on Commercial Street in Springfield over 13 decades ago in the year 1870, right near a Missouri and Northern Arkansas railway station. Obviously, making the spot a convenient location for travelers. In fact, the area was so popular that Lindbergh's was but one of 16 watering holes along the storefronts parallel to the tracks. In the early days, Lindbergh's had a bar in the front a liquor store in the back, and how did you describe what they had upstairs, Dan? Um, I believe the original housing documents listed it as a house of ill repute. I dare say that Lindbergh's was a very popular place to visit in old-timey Springfield. How many watering holes would you say we have now? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, 30 to 40? Maybe more than that. What do you think? What's your estimate? I don't know. We could be in the uh, 100 watering hole territory. One time in college, my friends and I did a dive bar month. We made a list of all these different places with wild names and weird places that we didn't normally go. Maybe we'll talk more about that sometime. One of the weirdest places we went, no, actually, we didn't go there, but the place that was the strangest one was Virgil's Bar and Self Storage. You heard of this? <laughs> no. I think it's out north. It's like north on Highway 65. If you go all the way out there, yeah, it's Virgil's Bar and Self Storage. Andy, do you have a history with Lindbergh's? You could say that I do, Dan. <laughs> yeah, I was in a band for several years. I was actually in a couple bands over the years, but the one that played at Lindbergh's, we probably played there somewhere between six and eight times. I don't know. What was the name of that band? Sister City. I like that band. I appreciate that. I wish we'd have named our band something else, not the name of a you know semi-famous organization. What 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 is that? The Sister Cities organization? I, I don't know what that is. Well, it's, they pair up your city with another city, and they do sort of cultural oh. exchange programs. The sister cities with Springfield are Tulake, Pake, Mexico, and Isasaki, Japan. Do you know why I know all this? <laughs> I have no idea. I was in a band called Sister City. Oh, okay. <laughs> anyway, we played there several times over the years. And back when we played there, they did not have food. It just became a restaurant here in the last four or five years. Now, one thing that I was alluding to in the intro was that back when it started in the 1870s, it was not just a bar. The upstairs was also, as you put it earlier today, <laughs> a house of ill repute. Uh. <laughs> now, this is a fact that I did not know and definitely did not appreciate and wish I had when I was up in that loft one time after a show until like two or three in the morning. I really wish I could have appreciated all the, uh, you know, stories those walls had to tell. Dan, what's your history? Andy, um, I would say that my first time at Lindbergh's would have had to have been a Sister City show. Those oh, really? are some of the earliest local shows I attended as a mere lad um, in high school. Uh, I used to really love going to see your band oh. and even opened for your band That's on right. one occasion, um, not at Lindbergh's, but I, I, I've never had Lindbergh's food before this morning, um, aside from one 
little dip into the Lind Burger pool, which we mm. won't be discussing nope. today. Brunch only. Um, brunch only. Speaking of which, Dan, let me ask you this. When do you typically eat breakfast? Breakfast, um, I'm going to take my breakfast as late as, say, 1030, kind of uh, McDonald's rules. That's a very reasonable time, Dan. I am an early riser. Even today, I got up at 540. I already had breakfast today. <laughs> what time does Lindbergh's open? Pert near noon in my estimate. <laughs> what meal does the typical human person eat at noon, Dan? At noon, I'm usually having lunch myself. Oh, that's, that's interesting. I mean, they called it brunch today. Wait, brunch? Um, you know, Andy, I assume that that was some sort of a uh, misspelling on their menu. Oh, no, I, I'm pretty sure brunch is a portmanteau of the words breakfast and lunch, sort of to happen in between the typical breakfast and lunch times. That's why people like to have brunch on Sundays because you have your lazy morning, wake up, sleep in, that kind of thing. And then, you know, have lunch and breakfast at the same time, a little, little later than breakfast, a little earlier than lunch. So let me get this straight. Lindbergh's is serving what they are claiming to be brunch. Uh -huh. um, pretty typical brunch fare from the menu. It, it actually makes a little more sense to me now. Um, but they're serving it at a lunchtime. Lunchtime. They start serving it at a lunch. I don't think this is a brunch, Dan. I'm pretty sure this isn't a brunch. Lindbergh's, you screwed up. Yeah. It's not brunch. Open at 10. Open at 10 or call it lunch. I honestly don't care which you do. Or... Just just do what you want because you make good food. It was really good, and guys. Good people. Um, <laughs> I'm honestly sorry that I blew up on you there. <laughs> Please forgive us, Lindbergh's. Should we get into our meal? I think that'd be nice, Andy. Let's start with a drink. What did you get to drink this morning, Dan? Um, you know, I just had a basic mimosa. Uh, whenever they took my order, they gave me a couple different options as far as what would go into my mimosa. Um, they gave me the option of your standard orange juice. They also gave me the option of grapefruit juice or an apple cider. Oh. Um, I was pretty taken aback by the different options. I was not prepared to uh, have to tackle this kind of questioning. So I just <laughs> went with your basic mimosa. Um, kind of a regret of mine from the meal, but uh, I, I kind of wish I would have ventured into some different territory there. But it was a tasty mimosa. And as you were ordering your mimosa... I was sitting outside <laughs> waiting for you to show up, <laughs> but there's no good reason to get into that. Eventually I did come in, see you there, and I ordered my beverage, which was an apple cider sangria with a salted caramel rimmed glass. Now, I'm not a big sangria person. I'm actually not much of a day drinking person at all, especially noon on a Sunday, but we, you know, we have a mission here and I have a job to do. So I, I ordered the drink. The salted caramel rim was not as tasty as I had hoped. Not to say it didn't taste good. That's not accurate. It's just that it was difficult. Um, it, it looked a bit more aesthetically pleasing than uh, really a functional drink to have. Exactly. That was precisely the problem. The caramel dripped down the sides and I just couldn't bear the thought of anyone watching me lick up the side of my glass. Also, there was no salt. <laughs> it's salted caramel. It's supposed to have salt. Yeah, it was just a, uh, I mean, it, 
it, you could really tell it was much more there for the look than anything sure. else. And I have to assume it was just a one-time only special. Now, let's get to our main entrees. Dan, what did you order? I had the chicken biscuit. Now, that is chicken battered and fried to order with green tomato relish, Munster cheese, fried egg, and gravy served with roasted potatoes, as was yours. Yes. Now, what drew you to this particular choice, Dan? Much like a tractor beam, Andy, the Munster cheese called me in with its alluring siren song. You know, I don't, you don't normally see Munster on menus in in my... Were you bullied when you were younger? (laughs) How do you mean, Andy? Did people call you Herman Munster? That's, um... Actually, something I've struggled with, uh, people would call me Herman Munster because I really, I, I just love Munster cheese and, um, yeah. They call me Cousin Eat. Because <laughs> you like to eat? Yeah. I thought they were hurting my feelings, how wrong they were. Look at me now. Yeah, that's a, it, it must be something about the SPS school system that, <laughs> allures people to different monster-based uh, shows from the 1960s. I think it really has to do with their hiring choices. <laughs> <laughs> Dan, describe to me your first bite into the chicken biscuit. Andy, I was a bit taken aback, actually, with my first bite um, because I was so allured by this fried chicken, which I'm a big chicken for breakfast fan, and then, of course, the Munster cheese, which I said had pulled me in initially, that I completely forgot about these green tomatoes. My first bite was very prominent of the green tomato flavor, much like every other bite was, and I thought that I was eating something with Vidalia onions. Oh, love Vidalia onions. Very sweet. Um, nice oniony flavor. But, uh, immediately whenever I tasted the green tomato relish, um, my thought was Vidalia onion. And I gotta say, Andy, my ears really perked up. <laughs> I really liked that sweetness and that relish. Um, that that first bite, it, it, it pulled me in. I, I really enjoyed it. You're making me wish I'd ordered that. Andy, what did you order? I ordered a ham and jam biscuit sandwich with barbecued pulled pork, Gruyere cheese, and blackberry jam. Something about that combination of jam and pork I found quite intriguing. Mine also had the roast potatoes on the side, which... Can I get your feelings about the potatoes? Um, I'm going to have to decline. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) No, no. uh, On their potatoes in specific or just potatoes in general? Um, Start general, go specific. So in general, love a potato, love a potato side. It's going to pretty much call me for any meal. Um, I could probably pair with some kind of potato. I don't mean to brag. (laughs) Um, (laughs) These specific potatoes, however, I'd say just a little bit on the firm side. I consider potatoes my favorite vegetable. Mm. Some people dispute their classification as a vegetable. I don't. I think people who dispute it are fools. Potato, best vegetable, done. These potatoes, I wish, would have been cooked longer. Yeah. Yeah. So that's what you mean by firm. Yeah, just uh, yeah, yeah, just slightly on the undercooked side. I guess they can get firm again once you overcook yes. them. But I need, I like my potato, if it's going to be cooked as these were, to have sort of a crispy outside 
with a more mashed potato inside. Yep, yep. Remind me to show you my recipe for roast potatoes later. I think the Lindberg's would do well to begin by parboiling their potatoes. My first bite was about what I expected. I quite enjoyed the combination of the sweet jam with the sweet sauce of the barbecued pork. I was not let down. I'm a big fan of Gruyere cheese, good on a burger, good on pulled pork. I do feel like I'm being a little negative about an establishment that I truly, deeply love. However, I do have a pretty serious complaint with the biscuits. I think they're too dry. I don't think they have a lot of flavor. Do you have thoughts on the biscuits, Dan? If I'm looking at a biscuit, I'm looking for something a little fluffier. I'm looking for something that even if you're going to set something on top of it, it's going to be able to support the weight of that. Uh, these biscuits were a little more dense, mm-hmm. um, a little not just not with the layers that I want to see in my biscuit. Um, it, if I'm having to rank the biscuit as far as all the things that were on my plate, it's going to end up re- near the bottom with those dense potatoes. Yeah. So the protein and sweet components of our sandwiches were top notch, just very very good but our biscuits dry sandwich they didn't really work as sandwiches to be honest they were quite unwieldy they were definitely fork dishes did you use a fork or did you pick yours up no mine was a fork dish much closer to like a biscuits and gravy um just sort of topped with a fried chicken and an egg indeed indeed and now i do want to say um because i know this is what you're going to ask me next um the chicken did come before the egg as far as the layering. So just to clear that up there, um, chicken, then egg. You remind me to Dan. <laughs> so Dan, let's say out of five former brothels, how many former brothels would you rate Lindbergh's brunch? I'm going to give it a four and a half. It is one of the best breakfasts I've had in town um I'm, I'm deducting one half former brothel for one calling itself a brunch which is ludicrous <laughs> and two there were no old-timey tin bathtubs where um, <laughs> ill-reputed prostitutes w- would take baths I'm, and- gl- I'm glad you clarified <laughs> so i thought you were just like oh man when i have breakfast i just I really need to be close to a tin bathtub. No, I just think that they should stick to the theme a little more of former brothel and maybe put one of those old deadwood baths in Ooh, there. Yeah, yeah. You know what? I When I was upstairs, there was an unfinished bathroom. I don't remember if there was a tub or not. Was Powers Booth in there? Just He was actually. Did, did I tell you, have I told you the story before? <laughs> no. Powers Booth was in there the whole time. We didn't realize it till we were all done. <laughs> so... I think you're being pretty generous. Now, I do love this place. And in the past, I've been here for brunch and I've enjoyed it much, much more. I got like a braised beef dish at one point with polenta that was oh, fantastic. And That's would, fancy grits, right? Yes, fancy okay. grits. Sure, <laughs> fancy cheesy grits. Yeah, I got that one time and oh, it was awesome. I'm kind of a sucker for polenta for the, okay, fine, fancy grits. Fancy grits. But uh, that was a special. It's not something they do every day. So today they did have a shrimp and grits special. That and I they chose. just called it grits, not polenta. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I don't doubt that they called it polenta prior, but it's just weird that they would make a distinction and, and change the terminology. I, I admire your devotion to your strange set of ethics, <laughs> my friend. 
But anyway, we're going to have to agree to disagree on this or agree with me still calling it polenta. <laughs> but this time, I did enjoy my ham and jam biscuit. Wouldn't order it again. I'm going to give this 3.5 former brothels. What, what does that make our average of former brothels? Uh, uh, you rate four? it four and a half? Yeah. That's four. Okay. An average of four formal broth- former <laughs> brothels. Wait, 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 wait. Formal brothels? Formal brothels <laughs> from the Spring Food Pod Mo boys. <laughs> I wonder if there were different brothels all up and down Commercial Street and there were different like class levels and prices for the brothels. Maybe there was like a high, you know, what is it? A What do they call the high end? Oh, an escort? Yeah, escort. What if they had an escort service in the 1870s? I, I mean, who knows what was going on at those 15 <laughs> did, other watering holes. Did they call it 417 Escorts? Oh, yeah. I mean, <laughs> surely they had the, uh, the what, what's that, an area code? They, those were set up. Yeah, they definitely had area codes. Yeah. If you're starting a business in Springfield, you're required to call it 417X. Well, this was going to be called 417 Having Trying Food Pod. <laughs> <laughs> originally i think that was our first idea <laughs> we left that one on the drawing board uh what was the one that i did put um 417 what what, what was it's it just food 17 food 17 <laughs> <laughs> okay so that's our restaurant review today time to move on to our next segment andy what you eating <laughs> What you eating? What you what you eating? What you eating? What you eating? What you what you eating? What you eating? What you eating? What you what you eating? What you eating? What you eating? What you eating? What you what you eating? What you eating? What you what you eating? What you eating? What you eating? What you what you eating? We've got a new segment this week. It's called What You Eaten. In this segment, we're going to discuss prominent meals in our week or the surrounding week um aside from the restaurant that we've reviewed so maybe you went to a burger king in an airport or (laughs) a new york style pizzeria um just other (laughs) meals that you found delicious or had some other thing to say about um so andy what you eating (laughs) first uh let's just consider that a teaser for our listeners we will talk about those two uh situations he alluded to at some point in the future but this week i don't believe in guilty pleasures necessarily i don't feel shame about this but i feel like i should feel shame about what i'm going to tell you dan this week i ate a chick-fil-a thrice (laughs) that's impressive it is i was not planned in fact when the week began i had not planned on eating at chick-fil-a once and to answer your question yeah i plan out my my eating out in <laughs> advance <laughs> pretty much uh, uh sunday night rolls around and i'm going to bed after having uh, a bunch of pizza which is another thing we'll talk about i do every sunday yeah uh because chick-fil-a I, is closed <laughs> <laughs> yes anyway as you know and the listeners might not know i am a teacher and very occasionally i will receive a gift card or something from either a student well that's pretty rare or from some sort of organization that wants to uh, show their appreciation for the work that we do which it's it's lovely it's great it's it's a perk of the job for sure anyway i was given obviously a chick-fil-a gift card and tuesday after a very long day showed up early had to leave late that kind of a day i'm sure you understand i decided to treat myself to some chick-fil-a i do like chick-fil-a 
<laughs> and I had a uh, chicken sandwich, the deluxe one with the cheese. I don't do spicy. It's a sandwich with the cheese and the tomato. You know, that deal. It was really good. And then my mom texted me while I was at Chick-fil-A and said, free Chick-fil-A breakfast tomorrow, <laughs> which is the thing they do on Wednesdays of September, but don't publicize apparently. So, of course, I got up a little bit early the next day and grabbed Chick-fil-A breakfast. So not only did I have Chick-fil-A three times this week, I two of those times were sequentially. <laughs> so, so what about the third time? <laughs> For dinner and breakfast. Uh, I had my, my family decided to go to Chick-fil-A on Saturday. Just it's a, you know, I have nephews and they're young and it's a place where they can be loud and run around and so I did eat different things each time. I had the deluxe sandwich the first time, the chicken minis, which are delicious. Love those chicken minis. Yeah, for breakfast. It's the nuggets with a small little biscuit bun. They're cute and they're delicious. You get that honey? Oh, you do the honey? Oh, I put a Ooh, little honey on it. Buddy, in a second, let's talk sauce. <laughs> Hold on, folks. We're about to have a segment of talking sauce. <laughs> the sauce talk. The sauce talk. <laughs> When, when was when did you have the sauce talk? <laughs> <laughs> um, my dad gave it to me around the time I was 13 um, and first experimenting with different sauces. <laughs> yeah. On Saturday with the family, I got chicken tenders. They were really small. I stole some of my nephew's nuggets. That's all. Yeah, okay. Dan, what's your Chick-fil-A sauce preference? Um, it, honestly, it's been a long time since I've been to Chick-fil-A. Um, I believe the last time I had it was also a gift card situation. Um, from nice a mutual friend of ours. Um, mm, little teaser for the uh, listeners. We might get into that later. We're not going to. It's of literally no interest to anybody. Um, but I did receive a Chick-fil-A gift card. This has been a few years ago now. And I spent it all on... Sauce. Um, <laughs> I spent it all on nuggets, which is basically like spending it all on sauces. <laughs> um, I'm pretty partial to the Chick-fil-A sauce. I really wish I could get that sauce outside of Chick-fil-A somehow. Not bad. You can do that. You, it's called Thousand Island Dressing. You can oh, find really? several different uh, brands of Thousand Island Dressing. See, maybe I'm thinking of a different sauce. This is kind of like a cross between like a barbecue and a honey mustard sauce. Am I thinking the right sauce? Our classic dipping sauce with the notes of honey mustard and a smoky tang. Okay. Yeah, that's the smoky <laughs> tang I'm thinking of. Sorry. I must have been wrong. <laughs> you know, it's easy to forget that smoky tang. He's my favorite jazz musician, actually. <laughs> smoky tang. <laughs> okay, Dan. <laughs> Other options, Polynesian sauce, your standard honey mustard, no smoky tang, <laughs> garlic and herb branch, zesty buffalo, barbecue, sweet and spicy sriracha. I am not proud to say that I tried all the sauces oh, last really? week. I generally default to the garlic and herb ranch sauce, especially on the morning, the breakfast options. I feel like those go excellent. I don't know if I visited Chick-fil-A since this is... Um been a thing no sauce no, the, uh, the, the, hang on <laughs> we're gonna take that again no sauce your loss <laughs> worth it <laughs> <laughs> well i've been defeated <laughs> <laughs> okay so you're into the chick-fil-a sauce whereas i usually default to a polynesian and a garlic and herb ranch dan 
What you been eating? <laughs> I, um, as you know, just recently took a trip to Nashville, Tennessee, um, home of Jack White and uh, comedian Nate Bargatze, I think also lives there. You met them both. Um, I, I did meet them both, um, but that's actually, we didn't eat anything, so. Yeah, that's not a really interesting story. Strictly off topic for the podcast. Um, whenever I was there, I did want to try some Nashville food, so um, we got two Nashville staples, um, New York-style pizza and California-style <laughs> fish tacos. Um they were both very good. Uh, we did want to try some Memphis-style barbecue, but just didn't, uh, or we weren't in Memphis, um, but we wanted to try Memphis-style barbecue. It's got more sweet tang to it. Um, but we also wanted to try some hot chicken and just didn't end up doing it. So um, that's what I've been eating. Dan loves that sweet tang. <laughs> I love that. It's smoky tang, actually. Oh, smoky tang. I do love sweet tang, too. Okay. <laughs> Dan, I think it's time now for another new segment. That's right, Andy. This week we're debuting a brand new segment called Culinary Obituaries. It does rhyme, and what we'll be doing in this segment is taking a journey through Springfield past, um, the restaurants that are not with us anymore, much like um, an aunt or uncle you may have. Um, not you specifically, but the listener. Um Go ahead and take it away, Andy. The morning was Sunday, January 21st, 2018. I had a ticket to see the film Phantom Thread at the Alamo Draft House at 11.30 a.m. after attending my nephew's dedication ceremony at his parents' church. However, upon exiting the House of Holiness, I received a distressing text from Lindsay, my highly intelligent and quite tall girlfriend. <laughs> The message read, Metro Farmer is closing on January 27th. Crying emoji, crying emoji, crying emoji. My notoriously strong heart fell right out of my body. I abandoned my plans to see Phantom Thread. I'd already seen it anyway. Picked up Lindsay, and we drove across town to meet some friends and enjoy the very best Sunday brunch Springfield had to offer one last time. The Metro Farmer brunch was pure glory. Local meats and veggies, delectable sweet treats, and most importantly, the biscuit bar with three different types of biscuits, traditional buttermilk, garlic and herb, and a rich chocolate chip biscuit. There was also a wild bounty of toppings. Honeys, yes, honeys, plural. Jams, apple butter, standard butter. Plus a lovely open air atmosphere Usually with live music, gentle finger-picked singer-songwriter fare, loud enough to fill the room, but soft enough not to drown out our stimulating conversation. <laughs> that unseasonably warm Sunday in January was a sad day, but we gathered to celebrate, to pay tribute to one of the best restaurants in town doing what it did best, brunch, which started at 9 a.m. as a proper brunch should. Metropolitan Farmer, we mourn your departure. This has been your culinary obituary. That was a uh, that was lovely, Andy. Um, I I never ate there, but the the honeys. Dan, I'd like to apologize for for never taking you. That that's my mistake, and I feel that 
That's a failure on my part as a friend to you. Well, it sure isn't the first time. (laughs) Well, with that, I think it's time to close out this episode. Andy, do you have anything to plug? (laughs) Well, actually, I think what we want is for you, the listener, to plug this podcast to your friends and family and loved ones. Should they tell their loved ones? I mean, I'm certainly going to tell my loved ones. You haven't already? No. No. That's disappointing. Also, we're on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Our handle is Spring Food Pod. You can also find us online at springfoodpod.xyz, which we actually chose. <laughs> <laughs> I own springfoodpod.com, but we thought XYZ sounded better. I think it pops. <laughs> it cost me 88 cents. <laughs> And one last thing, if you have a potential culinary obituary and would like to perform it on our show, get in touch. Send us an email, mail at springfoodpod.xyz. You can rate, review, and subscribe to our podcast pretty much anywhere you can subscribe to a podcast. And if you're listening to this, you already know that, so please go do that. If you liked it, please tell your friends. We'd really appreciate it. Thank you so much for listening. And next week, we'll be visiting Scully's Food Truck, located on Pickwick and Cherry. So, if you want to follow along with us, go get some Scully's. We'll see you next week. And as always, keep eating Springfield, because if you don't, you'll die. You'll die.